Philippians chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter number 3, and that's where we are this morning. Just talking about growing in godliness today, growing in godliness that God desires for us to become more and more like Jesus Christ. And uh, this week was a great week. I know that many of you <clears throat> had the opportunity to be gone or, uh, or, or have family around you, friends around you, and that's a wonderful, wonderful time of year. Uh, we had our son and granddaughter Harper was here this week, and we had a fantastic time. Left yesterday. Harper is uh, a little over two now, and, uh, and so she's talking, and uh, it's, it's always fun. It's exciting in the mornings when she wakes up. Uh, she gets up early, and I get up early, and, uh, and so we had that time when she comes in the room, and I wait for her to come in the room <clears throat> because we do this thing, uh, uh, we light the Christmas tree in the mornings, and so we have a countdown, five, four, three, two, one, and, uh, and, and so when she comes in the room, I start the countdown, and she can't hardly see, you know, her eyes are half shut, and uh, she's like, five, four, Cree. She says Cree instead of three. She says Cree. And then when I say two, she doesn't even say two. She's so excited about one. She just says one. And we plug in the tree and it lights up. And, uh, and it's an exciting time together and it's a fun time together. And I know you're like, okay, you're a little too excited this morning. Uh, had a great time with my granddaughter. That being said, uh, uh, at this age, it's always fun and it's always funny sayings when she comes up and says things. Now, if she were 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, 16 years old, and still talking the same way, acting the same way, doing the same thing, we would say there's something wrong with her development. There's something going on with her developmentally. And, uh, and, and I think about that and I think, you know, we are, you know, created in such a way that if we are healthy, uh, we're, we're growing physically. But spiritually speaking, God desires that we have that same growth taking place as believers in Jesus Christ. And, uh, and, so, and so, but I wonder how many times do we find ourselves doing the same thing, saying the same thing, saying, having the same struggles year after year after year after year after year after year after year, and we look back on our life and say, have I ever experienced growth, spiritually speaking? I would say that there are many people that struggle. They're very stagnant in their faith. And we would say, man, there's something wrong with the developmental process in their life because God desires that we be healthy and that we grow spiritually. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3 and in verse number 18, but grow, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. And so the question is, am I growing spiritually? Where am I today? It's a great time of year it's always a great time of year, right here. It's any time is a good time to self-examine. Uh, uh, but, but, but this time of year just seems to be extra special with the new year getting ready to kick off. In fact, it did kick off today. And, uh, uh, but it's a great time to examine where am I today? Uh, where am I today? Where have I been? Have I grown? Uh, where do I want to be? Where do I want to be in a year from now if God does not return uh, uh, and take his church home, where do I want to be? It's a great question for each one of us to ask ourselves. In fact, I would, even, I would even ask this question. Let me ask another question. Do you care to grow? Do you care to become more like Jesus Christ? Uh, or is that just not a big deal 
in your life? We've got to answer those questions for ourselves. One of the greatest problems, I believe, plaguing the church today is, is, is the, the vice of mediocrity, uh, that vice that all of a sudden grabs us and we say, man, I'm just complacent. I'm just not pursuing Christ-likeness. I'm, I'm, I'm just uh, complacent with where I am. I read a book uh, every day. Uh, I read the Bible, but I read another book every day. My Atmosphere is Highest by Oswald Chambers. And, uh, and, 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 and the whole title really grasped the idea of, of, of my utmost for his highest on a daily basis. And God helped me to live in such a way. It's a lifelong pursuit. When we're talking about pursuing perfectionism, it's, it's pursuing Christ-likeness is what we're pursuing. Understanding this, it is a lifelong pursuit. I will never attain that. In fact, if you think that you've attained that, then you got another problem. But uh, uh, we, we, it's, a, it's a lifelong pursuit to become more and more and more and more like Jesus Christ. We all have room to grow. I, I believe this to be true. I believe that God wants to do incredible things in us and through us. I believe with his children, with his children, God desires to do some excellent things in us and through us. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and in verse number 10, for we're God's workmanship, we're his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for the works that he's prepared in advance. He says, you are incredibly special to me. I created you, I saved you, and I have plans that are wonderful for you. In fact, the Bible goes on to say in Ephesians chapter 3 and verses 20 and 21, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we can ask or imagine. And I just think, have we ever dreamed dreams? What do we desire? What would we say? God, I don't know what you want, but all I know is I want to bring honor and glory to your name on a daily basis this year, starting with today. And that's all he's asking from each one of us. It's not about, really it's not about me saying this is what I'm going to do for God this year, but rather me just simply saying, I'm surrender to your will, teach me, show me, and I will live it out. That's all it is on a daily basis. It's not about doing something great. In fact, sometimes people say, I'm going to do this for God this year. Well, you know, the problem with that is that is, does God want you to do that for him this year? David, remember David's story? So, so King David, uh, he, he, he wanted to do something wonderful for God. He recognized, man, we're living in some Fine houses and things are going well for us. Let's build a temple for God Almighty. And God said, oh, that's a wonderful, wonderful gesture, but it's not for you to do. <laughs> that's not my will for you to build me a temple. You just be obedient to do what I call you to do along the way. And God help us, again, to just simply say, I want to be all that God Almighty wants me to be. So when we talk about growing in godliness, it's just simply saying, I want to be more and more like Jesus every day this year. Well, how will that happen for me? How will that happen for me? Philippians chapter number 3, beginning in verse number 12, the Bible says this, <clears throat> Philippians 3, verse 12, not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude. And if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. However, let us keep living by the same standard to which we have 
attain. And so he's just simply saying, hey, listen, when they're talking about <clears throat> those who are perfect, he's not talking about practically perfect in every way like Mary Poppins. He's simply saying this, those that are, have reached maturity, those that are mature in their faith. And that does not mean that it needs to stop and stagnate. It just simply means that I'm, I'm, I'm a two-year-old living like a two-year-old. I'm a 12-year-old living like a 12-year-old. I'm a 15-year-old living like a 15-year-old. That, that developmentally, spiritually, we're developing in Christ. We're maturing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's not, again, directly proportionate with our age. It's simply not our physical age, but our spiritual age. So God, help me. So how do we do it? Number one, personal examination. Be honest with ourselves along the way. To be honest with ourselves along the way. In verse number 12, he says, not that I have obtained it or have already become perfect. I'm not there yet. I'm not like Jesus Christ yet. Uh, in fact, he says, laid hold of by Christ. How do, how, how do I... When you're talking about spiritual growth, first of all, I've got to be honest with myself and recognize whether or not I am even a part of the family. Everybody has to ask themselves that question. Have I been saved? Have I been born again? Just personal examination. It's a great thing to ask myself. In fact, the Bible says in the book of Corinthians, over in, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 13 and in verse number 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number five, test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves, or do you not recognize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail the test? So what's Paul saying? Paul's saying, hey, examine your own self. Do you have a spiritual heartbeat? Do I have a desire to be like Jesus Christ? Do I have a desire to eat his food, to, to, to drink from the word of God? Do I have that desire? Is there a spiritual appetite within me? And if there's not, if there's not, there's only two reasons why there would not be. One is that you're spiritually really, really bad sick, and therefore you've lost that appetite. Or number two, you're just dead. You've never been born again. Have you been born again? Have you been saved? And that's a great question for each one to ask this morning. I'm not talking about being religious. I think that oftentimes people uh, uh, settle for religion and, and, and fall short of a relationship with Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That is the greatest news that's ever been shared, that God Almighty took on flesh while we were still sinners, we cannot clean ourselves up, but he came to do what we couldn't do for ourselves, and that is to take care of the sin problem that separates us from a holy God. He laid down his life on the cross because without the shedding of blood, there could be no forgiveness of sins. And so Jesus Christ laid down his life for you and for me so that we can have intimacy, a relationship. Why? Because, man, we are somebody special that he loves dearly and has wonderful plans for us. So don't sell yourself short. It begins with a relationship, and we have to have a personal examination and ask ourselves, am I saved? It doesn't matter what my mama says or my daddy says or my grandparents say. What does God say? Am I one of his children? Are you saved today? And if you're not, I want to encourage you to call on his name. But during this personal examination, as believers, you say, man, I am saved. I have touched first base. I am. I am a part of the family of God. Well, as a part of the family of God, we're need to be growing. And so that's a big word called sanctification, to become more and more like Jesus Christ. And am I growing spiritually along the way? That's what he calls us to do. Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 29. The Bible says, 
it like this. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. In other words, he's saying, I want my children to become like Jesus Christ. And so what the Apostle Paul said is, I have not attained that. I, I'm not there yet. I'm not like Jesus Christ. Not yet. Not yet. And so there's this personal examination that he does, and, and he recognizes, I need to grow. I have some growing to do because I'm not there yet. And, and I think that sometimes we struggle with those things. Sometimes we feel like, I have arrived, and that is the problem, because we haven't arrived. We all have room to grow. The Apostle Paul, when you think about his life, it's interesting when you consider the life of the Apostle Paul and all that he was <clears throat> a part of and planting churches. He planted nine churches. He discipled Timothy, Titus, Luke, Silas, and Tychicus. He wrote at least 13 books of the New Testament, and yet he was the one saying, I have not arrived spiritually yet. I have room to grow. How could he make a statement like that? Because the measure of his standard was Jesus Christ, which is perfection. What happens to us sometimes is rather than using Jesus Christ as our standard of measure, we use other people. And so we look at other people and we say, I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. And the fact of the matter is, you're using the wrong standard of measure. You could always find somebody that's going to help you feel good about yourself. Uh, but, but, but then there's also, I mean, these are the two ruts that we fall into oftentimes. We, we, we look and we say, man, I, I, in fact, it tends to lead to very proud spirit and haughty spirit, spiritually speaking. In other words, man, I, I know more scripture than most of the rest of the people. Well, yeah, but are you doing it? Are you doing it? And besides, there's more to learn. Heard, heard a story about a little first grader went to school. First day of school, came home to his mom and dad. He came home and said, Mommy, Daddy, Mommy, Daddy, I don't need to go back to school next Monday. He went to school all He went to school for one week, one week. Came home, I'm done. He said, I don't need to go back to school. And he said, why don't you need to go back to school, son? And he said, well, because I can't teach me anything. <laughs> and, and I think that sometimes that's where we are spiritually. I, I know it all. And the fact of the matter is nobody knows it all. We have room to grow. And so, and so when we look at others, sometimes we look at others and we become very prideful. Sometimes we look at others, and man, we're, we're, we're each to each one, it, it's, it's, a, it's a race that we're in. To each one, it's a race that we're in. And some have been running for a little while. You know, if, if a person's been running for a while, and to the other person that's not been running very long, they're going to be running at different speeds along the way. They're going to be at di different distances along the way. And so you got to be careful because it's like, man, I'm not where they are. Well, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. Don't beat yourself up. But just be where God wants you to be. And that's at the end of the day. Where do you want me to be? And I want you to be like Christ, but let's put steps together. And we're going to talk about how can we put those steps together along the way. It's a lifelong process that all of us, again, are a part of. And so God, help us. We have room to improve. Do we have the desire to improve Heard a story about a cowboy. A cowboy made a statement one time, and he says, I ain't what I ought to be, but I ain't what I used to be. But praise God, I ain't what I'm going to be. And, uh, and, and that's just describing the process that we are in. Number two, don't be controlled by the past. Don't be controlled by the past. He goes on in this verse of Scripture, and he says, I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it, but one thing I do 
forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies <clears throat> ahead. Forgetting what lies behind. He's not, simply, he's not saying that we can experience some kind of spiritual amnesia. You can't just completely forget anything. But it means don't be controlled by the past. Don't let it distract you from the present or determine your future when you're talking about your past. Deal with those things in the past. Deal with them and be done with them and move ahead. Don't be shackled by things in the past is what he's saying. Beautiful picture of, of, of someone who is not shackled by their past is the story of Joseph. If you go all the way back to the book of Genesis, one of the most amazing stories in all of Scripture, because I can tell you right now that if I were Joseph, I'm not sure that I could be where he was. But Joseph was, was, was the young fellow with the coat of many colors, and he was, his brothers were jealous of him. And his brothers, his brothers put him up <clears throat> for sale, made a slave out of him such that all of a sudden he's removed from his family, he's removed from his home, and he's sold into slavery, becomes a slave in a foreign land. Fast forward the story. Years go by, God's hand was on him, and at the end of the day, his brothers eventually had to come and ask for food. And who did they stand before but their brother Joseph? And when they found out that it was their brother Joseph, they said, uh-oh, we are in trouble. But Joseph... Genesis 50, verses 19 through 21. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid, for am I in God's place? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. So therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. So he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. What did he do? He lived life with the spirit of forgiveness and he didn't allow his past to distract him from his present or to determine, again, his future. When you're talking about our past and dealing with those things and forgetting the past, we all have a past. We all have a past. We all have a good past and we all have a bad past. And we ought not to let those things in the past. We need to deal with them. We need to deal with them. But don't let them distract us or determine our future along the way. How does it happen? How does it work? Well, here's how it works. Sometimes when we have a bad past, when we have a bad... Paul, the writer, Paul is saying, hey, forget those things in the past. Look at his past. He, he was once a persecutor of the church, now a preacher to the church. Don't you know that the devil had people plaguing his footsteps everywhere he went? In other words, he, he had the religious establishment that was working against him. But don't you know that people were always reminding him, hey, Paul, you were a stinking terrorist. Because that's what he was. And then, and then you're going to come bring that to us? Who do you think you are? And, and, and to bring up the past, the bad past, the bad past. And all of us have a bad past. All of us have a struggles in our past. And we need to deal with those things, deal with them, but don't let them distract us from all that God intends for us to be. If, we, if we're not careful, we can be more like Peter when you're talking about someone who allows his past to disqualify him in the present. Peter was the one when Jesus said, Hey, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. Peter said, Man, I would die. I would die before I deny you. That's what he said. I would die. And we know this story. Peter denied Jesus Christ. And Peter wept bitterly. 
And in the process, I believe Peter disqualified himself. And that's how come when Jesus Christ raised from the dead, he said, hey, go tell my disciples and include Peter in the invitation. Tell him to come. I'm still not finished with him yet. Why does he give that special invitation? Because Peter failed. And in the process, disqualified himself. And a lot of times what happens to us is if we're not careful, we say, man, I can't do that. Why not? We have a God that's a God of grace, and his grace is greater than all my sin. And the Bible says that if we confess our sins, 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 9, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And there are some people here who struggle with a bad past. Some people here need to repent of their sin and get right with God and move forward and don't let the things that you've done in the past determine all that God wants to do in and through you today and in 2023. I look forward to an exciting year this year. Not only the bad past, but sometimes it's the good past that can shackle us. Sometimes it's the good old days that we live life measuring everything up to what we used to do and where we used to be and what used to happen in my life. And, and, and we miss out in the process because we're so fixated and focused on what's happened in the past that we miss out on what God wants to do today. I mean, it happens in individual lives. It happens in church lives. It happens in individuals. Oftentimes, when they move from one city to the next, they had a church home where they really loved the church home. And, and, and you've heard these stories before. Man, we had a really loved the church home, loved what was happening, and things were well, and then I, I'm, just, I'm just out here floating now. And I just can't find anything in this new city. Well, the fact of the matter is, man, there's a, there's a church, I believe, in every city. You just got to find it. God, where do you want me to be? Where do you want me to be? And it, and it might be that God says, hey, you be the man. You be the one leading, stepping up to the plate, starting out <clears throat> on a new church. What is God doing today in my life? Don't miss out on what he wants to do. And he says, he says I've, I've got to forget those things. Don't be distracted by them. Don't let them determine my future. But let me forget those things that lie behind me. And he, and he goes on from there. He says, I press on, in verse number 14, toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And then he says, let us therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude. And if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. However, let us keep living by that same standard to which we have attained. And just saying, hey, number three, pursuing the prize, pursuing the prize. Don't forget, don't forget the prize that awaits me. You know, there's one thing. If you talk about one thing, there, there's one thing that I pray to God that he'd enable me to do, and that's just to finish faithfully. Finish faithfully. One day, to be able to hear, well done, well done. Just because, hey, you know, that, that, that verse oftentimes is quoted at so many different funerals. Just because somebody dies doesn't mean they did it well. I want to finish well. This one thing I do. You know, when you're talking about a, ri a river is an interesting illustration. I read about this week when you're talking about a river. A river's powerful when it stays within its banks. In other words, when it stays on the road, when it stays within banks, a river is a powerful force to be reckoned with. But as soon as it spills over the banks, it becomes a stagnant swamp. And all of a sudden, you have something that, rather than going deep, it goes wide. And a lot of times what we do, if we're not careful, is we're about an inch deep and a mile wide 
and stagnant spiritually. God, what do you want me to do? Because what, how, do, how do we get to that place? How do we get to that place in our life? Here's how we get to that place in our life. Rather than saying, God, is this your will and your desire for me? We just say, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves going in a thousand different directions instead of saying, hey, this is what I'm gifted at. This is what I'm called to. And I will pray for the needs that we have. But this is my lane. Stay in it. God, help me. The goal for each one of us is to be like Jesus Christ. That's the goal for each one of us. I want to be like Christ. I want to be like Jesus Christ more and more every day. God, God, give me your heart. Let me love like you love. God, give me your eyes. Let me see what you see. Because oftentimes we're so calloused along the way. What one thing does God have for me to do this year? You know, again, it's, we're co-laborers with Jesus Christ, and he does a lot in us and through us. He enables us to do what he calls us to do. What is the one thing? If you, if you were to say, what's the one thing in my life that I really, really, really need to work on this year? God, give that to me. Give me that answer. A lot of different answers. It, it, it may be, it may be that, that, that it's something between you and somebody else. It may be that I, I need to forgive because, you know, if we're living life and, and we're harboring, harboring bitterness, harboring anger, we're never going to be all that God wants us to be when we harbor those things, unforgiveness. God, help me live with the spirit of forgiveness. Well, you don't know what they did to me. I don't have a clue what they did to you. But I know what Jesus did for me in spite of the many failures in my life. And when he was dealing with Peter, he said, hey, Peter, you, you just forgive. You just forgive. Live life with a spirit. Of and, and it might be that, man, I, I really need just to forgive. Maybe, maybe it's I need to get into God's word. You know, a lot of times we, and, and it's not just about saying, here, here's where we've got to be careful. It's not just about saying, hey, I'm going to read the Bible through this year. Well, that's, 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 that's wonderful if that's what you choose to do great but how much of god's word is getting to my heart in other words i'm not saying hey don't go there but i am saying your approach to god's word is not just a goal to be conquered but rather i want to become more like jesus christ shape my mind i pray that your word get into my heart that it saturate every fiber of my being so that i could become more and more like jesus christ these are just steps to accomplishing the goal forgiveness Maybe getting into God's Word, which we all need to be into God's Word. 1 Peter chapter 2, and in verse number 2, the Bible says, Like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the Word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. I'm just saying, hey, if you're not feeding on the Word of God, you're not growing. Not like you ought to be. Physically, stop eating and watch what happens. I'm going to do that this year. <laughs> what about prayer? What, what about praying? God, I, I, teach us how to pray. I mean, the disciples asked that question. Teach, teach us, God, how to pray. How do, how do we pray? God, help me to pray. Colossians chapter number 1 
and in verse number 9 and 10. In Colossians chapter number 1 and verse number 9 and 10, the Bible says it <clears throat> like this. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That's the Apostle Paul praying for the church at Colossae. And I would say, man, we need to pray in that way for yourself, but also for one another. God, give us wisdom and knowledge of your will. God, help me to know what you would have me to do and who you would have me to be today and how you would have me to interact with others along the way. It's not just a gut feeling, but man, to be spirit-filled. God, help me to be more like you today. To be serving, to be serving, to be worshiping. Let's not forsake the assembling of summer in the habit of doing. But you know, it might be that this year in 2023, it's, it's going to be a, a, a land. It's going to be a land of hills and valleys along the way. I mean, that's what it's going to be. It's life in a broken world. And God's going to bring some trials along. And he doesn't bring those trials so that we might fail in our faith, but to develop us to grow in Christ-likeness. He tells us that in the book of James. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of various kinds, knowing that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. So I want, I want to grow you. And so this year is going to be a time of growth. And so the question is, <clears throat> what one thing can I do? What one thing can I really focus on this year? God, give me what you'd have me to do so that I can be who you want me to be, to grow and godliness. It begins with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so this morning, if there's never been a time in your life when you've called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you to call on his name. Would y'all do me a favor today and join me for a time of prayer? As we pray this morning, I'm asking if our deacons can come down front at this time. We're going to be partaking of the Lord's Supper in just a few moments. But today, if there's never been a time in your life when you've been saved to be born again, maybe you're here today and you would say, hey, that's what I need. That's the step I need to take, even now. And I want to encourage you to cry out to him. God, I am a sinner, and I have fallen short. I know that. But I do believe that you sent your son, Jesus, into this world. And I believe that he shed his blood on the cross for my sin. I believe he died. And God, I believe that he raised from the dead, that he's alive today. And Jesus, today I want to repent of my sin. I don't want to live for myself. But I want to live for you and be all that you want me to be. God, be my Lord and Savior today. Hey, there's nothing magical about a prayer. But it's a decision in your life that at some point, you need to make. And I pray that this will be the day for you.